This episode of Show Me the Meaning is brought to you by Mubi. For your free 30-day extended trial, go to mubi.com slash wisecrack. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Show Me the Meaning, Wisecrack's movie podcast. Show me the meaning! My name is Jared. I'm joined here with the Show Me the Meaning crew. We got Ryan. Hello, film fans. And Austin. Yo. And returning again is Greg. What's up, what's up, what's up? All right, so today we're talking about the 2018 film Deadpool 2, directed by David Leach, starring Ryan Reynolds. I want to start this asking the person I know who is, at least the person I know loves Deadpool, Ryan, what did you think? Well, you're right. I love Deadpool. I gave it an A++ when it first came out. You mean Deadpool 1? Deadpool 1. Oh, okay. Yeah. This movie, this movie... Um, I give it an A minus. I really, really liked it a lot, just as you uh, figured I would. Um, not as good, hence the A minus. But um, I, I would say there's about 500 too many movie references for me, through, scattered throughout the film, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But yeah, I laugh my ass off, which is my main criteria for a Deadpool movie. The, the Winnie the Pooh leg scene, I was dying <laughs> on the floor. You know, it was amazing. And then some of the really the, the action scenes were hilarious. I love super comical action scenes, like Three, Three Stooges-esque. And I feel like we got that with like the car chase and him like driving the car with his ass and stuff. Mm. It was amazing. So yeah, all in all, uh, uh, I had some problems, especially with the end, which I'd like to talk about. But like, yeah, overall great movie. Great time at the cinema. All right, great time at the cinema. So let's uh, move to Greg. So Greg, I understand you had not seen Deadpool 1 as of last week. No, I watched Deadpool 1, uh, what's today, Tuesday? I watched it Sunday, like around 11 o'clock. I was in, I was like, all right, this is cool. You know, growing up, I didn't really fuck with Deadpool. I was like, who's this guy trying to look like Spider-Man with guns? <laughs> but I saw the movie, and I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. I like the anti-hero uh, theme, um, you know, shout out to burn victims. Uh, I mean, I, I dug the whole, <laughs> I dug the whole theme of the movie. Just like, uh, I mean, we know how all these superhero movies are like blockbuster movies, and I like that it was kind of a movie that didn't take itself serious and also shitted on itself at the same time. And I just like when Hollywood does that. And I saw Deadpool too, and I was like, okay, keeping up with the same theme. Uh, it wasn't as good as the first one. But still, I think uh could have been on Showtime. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So not a good time at the cinema. I you mean, wanted I it mean, to be on your laptop. No, I'm just thinking, like, I'm just, I'm not a fan of all the uh, the superhero movies. I think they're all Well, overdone. me neither. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But that's why I like this But what story. did you think of it as, like, just a piece of comedy and, like, Ryan Reynolds is, like, a comedian? I thought it was funny and corny, but I... I like how it jokes itself and, and it doesn't take itself serious, uh, seriously. I even like the credits. They're doing a lot of new stuff. I would love to be in the writing room to see what doesn't hit. And, and like, it seems like everybody's in the writing room just high as fuck. It's just <laughs> like, yeah, let's do that. Oh, that sounds cool. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we murdered the girl. Oh, I'm sorry. Was spoiler. But, you know, I just, I, I, I like the movie, but I still don't think it's should be in a movie theater. <laughs> all right, all right. Austin, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed the first one. Uh, I wouldn't say that I loved it, like A+, but yeah, I would have given it like a solid A, and uh, just in terms of time at the theater, right? Like, it's one of those films that I had a really great time in the theater with, so I was hoping to have a similar experience with this one, and to be honest, I, I thought it was really mediocre. I kind of thought that everything was too much. The action scenes were too long. They were too CGI. The humor was too forced. The 
The back and forth quips were just like three or four lines too long. The ending scene was too much. The sappiness was too try hard. And so it just, everything was just too much. And so it ended up actually being rather than over the top, it was actually really bland for me. Well, fuck you too. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I'm glad we have this dynamic today because I'm, I think I'm like midway between Austin and Ryan. I, I, I actually thought the best parts of the movie were the parts where it was sincere. Like the the best part of the movie was when Ryan Reynolds was like running towards his girlfriend as fuck yeah uh, she's getting shot, and oh, then yeah. and then like when he hugs the guy and jumps in front of that bus, like yeah, that was cool. That really affected me, mm-hmm. and I wanted more of that. And uh, overall, I liked the first one. I just how I I don't know. I I just think that this fourth wall breaking thing it's gonna get. I think it has gotten old. I think it's like right around the corner from just being trite and but i, I want to talk more about that because something was going through my mind in this film that uh, i want to talk more about but yeah i mean i would say good movie fun there were definitely some jokes i laughed at ryan reynolds is ace he's the reason why these movies work but other than that yeah it was pretty mediocre like i really expected them to take it to the next level but it really was just deadpool one except replace romance with family so if Cabin in the Woods, if Cabin in the Woods is the death of cinema for you, Jared, this has to be in that same category, right? Yeah, we're going to we'll, we'll talk about that. I I, okay. I think it is sort of like that. But It's Deadpool 1 but meta meta er. No, right? it isn't. It's it j- is. just in the frequency of meta jokes, but not actually it's no more subversive. I actually that's what I want to talk about first after the recap, but I think that this movie Deadpool is no longer subversive. Like it's just it's just like formulaic at this point. And that's I guess something, frequency and, 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 is kind of what I'm saying then, too. Yeah, yeah, there are more jokes because it leans into what they know works. But, yeah. Anyway, let's go into the recap. So, Deadpool's plan to start a family with his girlfriend, Vanessa, is thwarted when she's killed by some thugs. So, Deadpool tries to kill himself and is taken in as an X-Men in training. On a mission with Colossus and the other X-Men, Deadpool witnesses a young mutant named Russell in the midst of lashing out at his, at his abusive boarding school headmaster. Identifying with Russell's pain, Deadpool tries to kill the faculty, landing him and Russell in prison. Meanwhile, a time-traveling mercenary named Cable infiltrates the prison and attempts to kill Russell because in the future, Russell kills his wife and child. When Russell overhears that Deadpool doesn't care about him, he leaves him behind and teams up with the Juggernaut to take down the Headmaster. So Deadpool and Cable team up to stop Russell, but as part of the deal, Deadpool will get an opportunity to convince Russell not to kill the Headmaster, thus keeping him from spiraling into a life of violence. Russell doesn't listen, and Deadpool takes a bullet meant for Russell. When Russell sees someone cares for him enough to sacrifice himself, he spares the Headmaster and embraces his new family with Deadpool, Colossus, and and the rest of the X team. End of movie. All right, so guys, I want to talk first about just the nature of breaking the fourth wall. And I feel like when Deadpool 1 came out, breaking the fourth wall was a like subversive way for the writers to give us an authentic glance at the writing process. Like the writers would pull back the or put the fa- facade aside and kind of show their real selves. And my main criticism of this movie and what it was felt like watching it is you know, when you think about the writers writing this movie, I think of them just, you know, they're just writing a bunch of fourth wall breaking beats. So, right. for example, and, and so there's no real authenticity to it because breaking the fourth wall is just another comic technique that these writers use as part of the Deadpool aesthetic. So, like when let's let's take one joke, for example, 
when Deadpool says, remember there's the part where he's explaining that, oh, Cable can only go back in time twice. And then he looks at the camera and says, that's lazy writing. Yes. So I would say that, you know, when Deadpool 1 came out, that would be a fresh joke because we would say to ourselves like, oh, okay, yes, that is uh, kind of subversive because we're pointing out that sometimes writers take shortcuts. But now that we know that breaking the fourth wall is part of the Deadpool aesthetic, really breaking the fourth wall or what I'm now going to call the fifth wall is like like the the, the really subversive thing would be if he looked at the camera and said, wasn't that lazy writing? Oh, and so was that. Because the lazy writing isn't Deadpool, isn't that Cable can only go back in time twice. The lazy writing is the fact that they just slot in a meta joke because they have to. It's it's like when you're writing a comedy, like a, a an animated comedy or a television comedy, you have to have a certain amount of jokes per second. And when you're writing the Deadpool movie, you have to cer- a certain amount of meta jokes per second. Therefore, when you're breaking the fourth wall in a Deadpool movie, especially after Deadpool has been established and now that Deadpool is now a multi, multi-million dollar, billion dollar franchise that is now just part of the canon, it's not really subversive. It's manufactured subversion. So then you really only get one sequel because you can't be like, that was lazy writing. Well, and so was that. Because then in the third one, you got to be like, well, and that was lazy writing. And that was too, right? And you have to have another piece and be like, and so was that. So it's like... Right, you, right. yeah. <laughs> you basically want them to comment on the meta writing is, is your main critique, is that they didn't do that enough? Because I felt like they did it to I don't think they did it at all. Well, in there fact, was no self awareness, is I think what Jared is saying. Right. So, like yeah. breaking the I think fourth the whole wall. Movie was no. Self awareness. No. <laughs> no. It was self referential. It's not. And there's a difference. Yeah. Right. It's not self aware about its own how stale its own self awareness is. Because I disagree Maybe. that it's that, that that it's that 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 you have to transcend the fourth wall. I don't know. Like I, I agree that that would have been a extra joke that I that I would have appreciated. You know, once, but, a, but so, you're saying that they have to do that once, or else it doesn't make the rest of it. They uh, don't have to do anything. I'm of saying, course, but it would have made I, it I'm better. Saying, you're saying it would have made it better. I wanted them to look. When Deadpool one came out, it was fresh. It was oh my god, we're inundated with all these superhero movies that play on all these I mean, tropes. Ferris and Bueller now, came out, and you know, it's the same. It, like, like breaking the fourth wall like that has been around. I wouldn't say that that well, device as, is fresh. You know. But as egregiously as Deadpool did it, sure. especially when he's he's bringing to when he breaks the fourth wall, he's exposing the tropes that basically dominate the movie industry because, you know, like superhero movies are kind of the, the the oil that keeps the gears turning in the movie industry. So I think right. it had kind of like a heightened relevance and a heightened um, because it's a superhero movie. Right. And so when Deadpool one came out, it's like, oh, this is fresh because we see superhero movies all the time. And here he is revealing the kind of tired tropes of superhero movies but once revealing the tired tropes of superhero movies becomes part of the system of superhero movies then then it's no longer subversive it's just another trope one one thing that i would say that was kind of them doing this uh but not really but but them referencing the first movie as a movie so much was kind of i felt like another transcendent meta level you know like they they, they they kept talking about you know logan stealing his movie and how the r-rated stuff he's talking about it like it's a movie this very popular movie which it was so that is kind of having a, a meta person a meta character talking about their very successful meta movie in a meta sequel i don't know well sort of but i i would say that it would be a lot better or it would have been more it would have been actually subversive if it was 
hey, of course I'm not going to die at the end of this movie because I got six more movies to make and you motherfuckers will never stop coming. Like, that's truly subversive. Well, they know they, mm. at this awesome. point, they know they can't lose. That's what that's what the watching the first one and watching the second one was like. Oh man, the first one was such a hit. They know they can do anything. That's why the jokes are. I mean, the jokes are still funny, but it's not. They know the movie isn't as good as the first one, but they don't care because they know they can make like you said six to seven. I, right. I, so I bet you the, the third that, one. I bet you the third one will do that. It'll say, Jesus I, I man, you so. motherfuckers just can't stop spending your money on this same recycled bullshit, huh? Well, here you yeah, go. I'm sure they I, will. I bet I you that would, that would be I think Greg is right. I think they they're they know that it's tired. They knew that the second one's not gonna be as, as good as the first one. It's rarely ever that a sequel's as good as the first one. But nevertheless, they were kind of just they were trying their best to work within that medium. I would bet moving forward they do press those bounds a little bit more. Because they kinda have to. Deadpool in space. <laughs> well, they have to, and I, I thought I thought they would have to with this one. But the thing is that breaking the fourth wall so. in the way that yeah. in the way that Deadpool does it, like that's the status quo now. Like every superhero movie is Deadpoolian in some fashion. Like yeah, even right. in Avengers two, you know, when uh, Hawkeye says like. I don't know what's going on, and I'm holding a bow and arrow. This is ridiculous. I mean, is he looking at the camera? No. Is he still breaking the fourth wall? Definitely. So there's definitely, I mean, Deadpool definitely does it more often and is definitely a bit more profane and obscene than other superhero movies. But totally. But look, like, I just think that Deadpool is fucking soft. Like, this is not subversive art the way the first one was. And there are a couple jokes that I, that I, I just thought they left so many things. Like, another actual subversive thing is TJ Miller. They should have called him out and said, "Oh, this guy's never going to be in the movie again." <laughs> that would have been dope. Yeah, that would have been awesome. But I mean, for, it's it's hard to say Deadpool two is soft. I mean, we did get a dick shot at Deadpool yeah. two, which I thought was yeah. kind of yeah. kind of risky. I'll, I'll give it that. I mean? I'll give it that. Dick shot. I mean, it's a hardcore movie. That scene, you know, by the way, in was a lot of fucking regards. ridiculous. That's yeah. the movie's ridiculous. Oh my god! Yeah. I, like, 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 I I was almost crying. I was laughing so hard. It was so ridiculous. <laughs> my uh. favorite joke was the Jared Kushner joke. That was good. That was amazing. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. good. <laughs> that was good. I mean, don't you feel though that they played around with just like the uh, just time itself more? Obviously, because it's a time travel movie. But you know, them rewinding the movie uh, at the and, and it's kind of a big fuck you in a way. I felt like to you mean the post credits. Well, yeah, but I mean, they literally just said in the post credits, the movie ends, and then they go, "Oh wait, bzzoop, never mind, none of that happened that you just watched." I mean, it would have been you know, more, that, it would have been crazier if that happened during. I mean, the post credits, I guess you can kind of do whatever the fuck you want. Right, but, but yeah, no, I agree. I agree. It is crazy that in the end of the movie, they basically just made the whole conflict of the movie irrelevant. And you think that's soft? Uh, I do. Here's another. Ex- <laughs> here's, a, here's another example. So. Uh, you know, there was, what was the character's name? Like, Black Joe, and there were all these, like, race jokes. Oh, uh, hella race jokes. Hella you race jokes. You called her Black Black Widow, which was so funny. Oh, yeah, when he, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Domino. Panther. He called Domino Black Black Widow. Um, and, then, uh, and then her superpowers just being lucky. I mean, it was, yeah, super was, funny. Very I, racial. I love Domino. It wasn't yeah. really Black Jim or Black Tom, but he kept, like, calling him different. Black Tim, Black Joe. Well, no, his name, his na- he called himself, yo, I'm Black Joe in, in the can, but it was like Deadpool kept thinking or making the joke that, oh, it was because he thinks he is black. But, but He said, like, uh, what are you here for, appropriation? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, <laughs> Those are definitely good one-liners, but I guess me personally, when I see a Deadpool movie, I want him to show me the fucking truth. You know what I'm saying? And I want and, and if it, and if he is truly cynical, then he needs to pull back the veil and and not just show me like, oh, this is 
uh, another trope of you know like calling out but but okay so black joe like i feel like that's the safest race joke ever i think would have been a much more subversive race joke was if uh if while they were casting domino they said to domino it's like oh yes plus we get our diversity quota like that would be like yeah, that, you're that, right. that would didn't. that would show like real cynicism mm-hmm. like like it seemed right that that actually that scene was kind of weird. It seemed like maybe the, it's watching that scene. It seemed like they probably did have that type of joke in there, but they cut it for some reason. Yeah, their their banter, their back and forth banter. It's I'm I'm glad you're saying this because I felt uncomfortable and I don't know why. And I think what you guys are saying is absolutely right. That scene where she's auditioning and they've got yeah. that like back and forth the quips. It fell flat mm-hmm. for me, and I felt like, okay, this is – like I said at, at the beginning, everything was just too long, like one or two lines or two or three lines, just too much. And I felt like, okay, like you're not really doing anything edgy or cool. If they kept pushing it and they kept pushing the actual tension in the script, then I think it might have kept my attention more or kept me more engaged. But it didn't, so I was kind of like, all right, when is this going to go, you know? Yeah, my um, theater didn't laugh during that sequence either. Yeah. Yeah, no one laughed in the scene. Uh, I kind of fell flat. And I don't know, man, it's interesting because, Jared, I think you're putting the words to the sentiment that I felt that it was kind of – it wasn't edgy enough. It was almost like it was like – and this is the thing that Deadpool shouldn't be. It was almost like they felt the specter of liberal Hollywood standing over their shoulder saying, I don't think you can go that far. That's and exactly what happened, guys. Do you I'm think that's you. it? Yes. So, like, that's the thing. If Deadpool was truly subversive, they would – poke fun at liberal Hollywood, but they don't. They still play the they still play ball. Well they're not stupid. Yeah, you don't <laughs> yeah, don't, but, don't but, bite the hand that feeds. But here's yeah, the thing. Yeah, don't yeah, don't bite on. the hand that feeds. But at nah, the same man. time, man, I thought Deadpool was about saying fuck you. You know, they, and, and, mean, and and that's the, that's the distinction. If Deadpool is just about breaking the fourth wall and being self aware, like it is in the comics, fine. You know, if you want to stay true to the comics, cool. But to me, I want Deadpool to transcend the comics because it is now now no longer the comic medium, but a film medium and in a new cultural context. And I think Deadpool should be about middle finger up, you yeah, know, I, I 100%. They're throwing a the middle Hence finger my up. my A minus. But they're you not, know? you know, it's like there's a limit, you know what I mean? Like you could throw your middle finger up at everybody, but <laughs> but certain people that are producing and putting this movie <laughs> together and paying your checks. It's like, nah. Yeah. I just, I, yeah, I mean, I guess so. You know, even Ryan Reynolds, I mean, he's seen careers ups and downs hardcore. Totally. So he probably doesn't want to fuck anything up and say anything too obscene. But I guess, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, if you think of it as just a sequel to the first one and it's more the first one, then it's then it's a good movie. If you think of it as like, you know, someone, or if you think of Deadpool as the character that should pull back the veil of ideology and, you know, show us kind of the, uh, what's, you know, the real the real stuff going on then he didn't do it and i'm disappointed i agree that it was a missed opportunity in that regard but i still maintain great time with the movies <laughs> yeah is it, now I, when you I say great time that. with the movies is it mainly because you thought it like it was just funny and engaging and the action was good and the story it, kept pushing it had forward, yeah a, a amount of 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 laughs per minute i was i mean i i, I was yeah a, a, every joke that I, I agree with you fell flat for me there was another joke in, a second later and i'm really into the whole self-referential style to begin with and to me there was a frequency to it that was like wow they're they're fucking with time they're fucking with the characters they're commenting on other movies in marvel they're commenting on it was so Politics. it was like meta in your face to to honestly too much degree, I thought that uh, uh, at, at points. So that's why I was kind of surprised when you said that. 
I, I but, but but then you clarified that they just didn't subvert the meta-ness. Right. Kind of it, but my point bold. is that when when subvert when breaking the fourth wall becomes like just a tool a in routine. the writer's toolbox, then you're inherently building a fifth wall. I mean, it's that like then being needs on, to be broken. It's like being on Twitter and being around troll culture. And at first, you're like, "Oh fuck, man, that's gnarly!" Like they're really taking the piss out of this person. And then after a while, you're like, "Bro, aren't you just tired?" Like. That that troll shit, the meme troll shit, it's just boring now. It's not cool. Yeah. It's not subversive. So, it's not doing the thing that you think that it did or maybe that it once did. It's just kind of old hack old. now. I'm tired. Yeah. Move on, motherfucker. Grow up. Next stage. What I thought let's, you were gonna let's be say, creative. What I thought you were going to say was that, you know, that there's the trolls that the, your standard everyday troll, but then I feel like it, the, there was the, the trolls that evolved that were like, all right, we're going to troll the trolls. Yeah. You know, and then we're just <laughs> yeah. going to. Uh, you know that whole Rick and Morty uh, paragraph that went around everywhere that was oh, like, oh, the, you got to really understand pasta. the copy pasta of that. Yeah. You know, I feel like that was an evolution of of trolling. A, a fifth wall was <laughs> created. Trolling. A fifth wall <laughs> yeah, of trolling absolutely. was created. Yeah, no, that's cool. And, and that's what were, I mean. Like, were aesthetics, trolling themselves. Yeah, aesthetics should always be pro progressively growing. Like, if art is going to be subversive, it has to be existing at the margins of excess. Uh, there's a, 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 I think he was Russian art critic, theater critic, Shklovsky or something along those lines. And he talks about this, that if art is going to be transformative, it has to be existing at the margins of society. It has to be confounding the codes. And if it's not, then it's just safe and it's not transformative or transgressive art so right if and i don't want to go to a yeah. deadpool movie and feel safe well right. it, as much as i agree with that and i do it's just that i feel like you guys put too much emphasis from one movie to the next <laughs> that it has to transcend Whereas like, like okay i get that on deadpool three or four yeah i want him to go to space and have it be like in 5d or break <laughs> the seventh wall but like on deadpool <laughs> two can't we i mean like we're good right this is a, a kind of a little uh, elevation guess. of deadpool one and i'm good with that great time sure, at the movies. sure however i would say when deadpool one came out in 2015 we live in a different world now <laughs> you know a, a yeah, different world Two World. years later, I know, but 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 it Trump's three years later for, two, for a year and a it, half. But yeah, so this brings me to I want, I want to transition to talking about the serious moments, and I want to talk with uh, a quote from uh, Zizek, and we've talked about him a couple of times in the podcast. But um, he said in, in a talk recently, he said, "Our current times are so obscene that the truly subversive thing is to be authentic and serious." Mm. And um, normcore baby, normcore, what's that? I oh, mean, you haven't heard about normcore? No. It's just, you know, people that just, uh, it's the aesthetic of just being, uh, you know, normal, being normal. person. Wearing, yeah, wearing like dad Nor pants Norman, and normal not, person. not trying nice. to buy like khakis. a new, Yeah, wearing khakis and just simple glasses and like a frumpy sweater and... Is that yeah. is this a real thing? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, dude. Normcore. normcore. Yeah. It's a culture. Normcore. normcore go go to Buffalo like Exchange it. and go pick up some sort of like cheap but nice, you know, secondhand You're not trying, things. Not you too know? fashionable. You're just normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To the core. To the core. <laughs> so I think I think the most in in that vein I think the most subversive uh, element of Deadpool two, which would be a movie that everyone would hate, would be if we saw all the marketing of Deadpool two, all the ads that are super self aware, all of the billboards that you know have him making fun of himself or making fun of other movies, and then you go down and you sit in the theater and it's a straight drama. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that would have been so awesome. Right, if they trolled, if they trolled the audience, trolled the audience that would be the most Deadpoolian thing. See, the but thing I like about that, would hate it. Yeah. No, I, that's what I like about it is that. So I think that this sort of like 
kind of postmodern, self-referential, ironic detachment essentially has like a disdain for the audience's expectations. Like that's part of the point. I mean this really goes back to uh, Bertolt Brecht, right, in the idea of epic theater or what he calls the alienation effect. And he was a theater director and, and theorist and, and the idea of the alienation effect is that you suspend all of these suspensions of disbelief. You don't want the audience to come in just blind and just fully empathically connecting because you want them to be aware that this is a performance. And we're actually working on a project right now about a comedian that does this to the T, right? Uh, Bo Burnham. And it's this idea yeah. of playing with the form itself so that you know when you go into the performance that this is fake that this is artifice. And then what that's supposed to do from a Brechtian perspective is it's supposed to then kind of allow you to engage critically with things and then and then as the audience you become self-aware and you become sort of self-destructed or or deconstructed as you're watching it. And so th this kind of postmodern breaking the fourth wall, playing with the form, self-referentiality, ironic detachment is supposed to do that. So when you lose the capacity to do that because either the audience isn't as effectively engaged, then you kind of lose the power of the message. And if they would have done something like that, I would have loved it because that, again, shows that disdain for the expectations that the audience has based on what they're, they're accustomed to with regards to performance. And that would have been but something that fun. Takes, that takes balls. I know. That takes oh, balls yeah. and, yeah. like, <laughs> risking everything. Absolutely. So I, I want to ask you guys uh, – the serious parts, were you more touched the serious parts in Deadpool 1 or Deadpool 2? I uh, I totally agree that, that those first, the, when she's getting shot and then when he jumps in front of the bus, I was very moved. Yeah. The parts that I was uh, uh, most moved in the first one was the going between the holidays montage, you know? That was like the most romantic like I, device for a movie, you know? Uh and I love that. So I can't tell you which one I liked more, but I, I like that both of the both movies, you know, emotionally moved me at some point, even though, I, yeah, I agree with you. I wish there was more. I love the sentimental moments with uh, Blind Al. I feel like oh, yeah. those moments are like, Kind of really dope mm. and touching, and uh, in the first one, in both of them. Okay, uh, I just I, I love that their relationship together. It's almost like a mother sister type. When she says, uh, "I can't hear you with that pity dick in your mouth," oh, I'm keeping that one. That pity dick one is going to be yeah, it's going to stick yeah, with me. There's forever. something that's nice because they're still being jokey, but there's some there's some underlying substance to that. That, totally. that allows that joke to also – you realize that there's like a love relationship there. And I think that's nice because that's his whole thing, right? He doesn't have family and shit like that. So that's why his girl is kind of like becomes his family. So I think in the second one they're trying to, to play off the fact that her death then is like the end of his world, the end of his meaning, the total collapse of, of, of all the standards of meaning. And I don't know. Again, it kind of fell flat for me. The, the family stuff fell flat for me in the second one. I thought the relationship stuff was sweet. I mean – like, look, I'm a I'm a pussy when it comes to movies. I cry at fucking everything. So I got a little teary eyed at the end, uh, especially when they kind of get reunited and shit like a little bit. But that doesn't say much because I f literally fucking cried. I watched Mississippi Grind last night and I got teary eyed afterwards, which is another great movie, by the way, with Ryan Reynolds. But I mean, I cry at fucking everything. So I don't know. It just wasn't it wasn't it didn't reach the heights that it did in the first one for me, I think. Yes, I mean, for me, I'm, I'm repeating myself, but that moment when Ryan Reynolds is rushing towards his girlfriend when she's getting shot is is the is amazing. Like, I, I mean, that really, and even that whole sequence up to yeah. him hugging the guy in front of the bus, like, I want more of that. Mm. And I don't really think I got it. Mm. 
I I also um, and maybe this is just because I, I wanted something a little bit more serious because that that hit me on a level that none of the jokes did. But I I yeah I don't know I I guess we did see this but that kind of like desperation that he that we see him feel when he hugs the guy and puts him in front of the bus like no matter what I kind of feel like no matter why you're going to see this movie for just for the jokes I feel like that's a affects you that like scene it, yeah i don't yeah. know i don't know what you think yeah, but I, I was I, when i first saw it i was like this is weird why is he hugging him and then he turned and boom i was like oh shit yeah now, what do you think why do you think he was hugging him there what was was well, it it's because because he's like uh he's trying to like hold on to death in a sense he's like he's like i want to go with you like you know it, it, i want to go with you i want to hold on to what it, what you're about to experience which is death which i yearn for and he's watching a bus coming and we don't see it which right. is kind of cool too mm. yeah yeah. I, and, the, you know, you, we kind of see it throughout the rest of the movie, like that Deadpool does desire death. And that's super cool and super interesting. But I don't really think that it ever really hits the it doesn't hit you emotionally or intellectually after that one moment. The bus moment is like it's that's the peak of the movie for me. They yeah. tried really hard to uh, get emotional, you know, when he'd go back into those hallucination room uh, and, and see his his old girlfriend, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. I didn't, but I I really don't like those devices where you're, like, talking to ghosts of your, like, like the Star Wars thing. It's kind of cheap, of. right? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, uh, so, yeah, that didn't really work for me either. All right, let, let's talk about the ending. I know you want to talk about the ending, uh, Ryan. What, 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 did, what did you like, not like? Well, for one, I loved the long, the long teary death of of Deadpool. You <laughs> know, in that moment that was that was amazing. Buffy the Vampire Slayer style, right? Remember Pee Wee Herman when he kept dying? Oh okay. yeah, I'm old, good I'm old guys. I'm old. I'm good sorry. reference. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but in the moment, I would say I was definitely like 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 when uh, uh, when they went back in time, really in the post credits and stuff, and turned back the movie. I was like, what the fuck? You know, like that was my that main. That bothered you? That bothered me, you yeah. know? Like, <laughs> but then the more I think about it, I'm like, like y'all have been even talking about today. Deadpool's like a big fuck you. The movie itself, you know, if I guess I'm cool with it now. But in the moment, I was like, wow, so we didn't watch a movie? Like, <laughs> I guess time travel, when you introduce it, it always just fucks everything up in your mind. So you're talking about the post-credit sequence. That's the ending that, you didn't like. That's the ending I'm talking about okay. that, that that bothered me. You know? okay. but, uh, uh, and then ending with him. Oh, yeah, like, what is it? So he signed that little girl's, uh, or guy, I forget, but, like, uh, uh, he signed to Ryan Reynolds. Mm-hmm. That was a funny joke. Yeah. And then he shoots Ryan Reynolds. So Ryan Reynolds oh, yeah. is at that a point it just actor. doesn't make sense. I don't. Well, I guess it doesn't make sense because he's yeah. Who would act as Deadpool? So I don't know. What's your take on that? I mean, that just kind of I was like, and, and I'd heard about the the really funny post credit sequence. So and that was supposed to be it. I mean, I, like, wow, I yeah. Those those are funny. some good jokes. I mean, I love that. You know, I, I mean, they are. It's amazing that. Hugh Jackman and 20th Century Fox are willing to make fun of the fact that they made a really shitty Wolverine movie, and it's funny that Ryan Reynolds is willing to shit on himself for making a really shitty Green Lantern movie, and that the studio is okay with that. That's pretty awesome. Um, so I, yeah, those 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 parts are great. Has anyone seen Green Lantern? No, me neither. Yeah, I have. And I mean, it's, he tried his hardest. <laughs> I love Ryan Reynolds, but yeah, yeah the movie is not good. Yeah. I think the uh, I, watching the movie, uh, the ending part, I, I just I didn't understand why Cable just didn't go all the way back to the part where they were shooting his girlfriend. 
and just and just kill him then. Yeah, well, just well, because like, he didn't have enough charge in his thing or whatever. Isn't that the lazy writing well, answer? Well, they had enough charges to get back to where he was at. Why couldn't like he? Thirty years ago, why couldn't he just go like yeah. five minutes ago? And Deadpool <laughs> could just take off the the fucking the necklace. You know, you don't have to go back for that. I thought that was kind of cheap, but yeah, just go back to the part where he's, his girlfriend is about to get shot, kill that dude, and then you're good. Honestly, Cable, the whole character, really kind of well, that's what he does at the end. Me. Did you not stay for the post credits? Dude, I loved Cable. No, I didn't stay for the post. Oh, that's exactly what <laughs> that's happens. What they did? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. All right, all right, yeah, I left. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, what were you saying, Austin? Uh, just to be clear, I didn't stay for the post credits either. <laughs> Oh. oh my I, god! I, so, okay, I, they, he li- I, I had to watch the wisecrack quick take that you guys uh, just released this morning or whenever it was to even yeah. be like, oh fuck! And I thought about it too. I was like, oh, I bet there's a post credit thing, but I was like, ah, fuck it, I gotta go. This so. is amazing. I felt the same way, wow. <laughs> okay, so y'all saw a totally different movie because the movie me and Jared saw ended with them rewinding the movie, basically going back to before they shot the girlfriend, and then Ryan Reynolds saves his girlfriend. There you go. Oh the really? End. Yeah. And oh. then. And then <laughs> the whole movie becomes irrelevant. Oh, yeah, the whole okay, movie didn't right. happen. Yeah. Nothing happened. We yeah. didn't see anything. All that happens is that Ryan Reynolds, in real life, gets shot before he can make Green Lantern. Yeah, there's, <laughs> a, there's a shot of Ryan Reynolds, the actor, looking at the script of Green Lantern and saying, Welcome to the big time, Ryan. And then, like, Deadpool comes back behind him and shoots him in the head. That's all oh, that okay. happened in the movie. All right, all right. That's the, those are the two post credit sequence. Yeah, see, I think, I mean, again, that's funny just because I think Ryan Reynolds is charming, and it is fun that he can make fun of himself. Like, that, like yeah. that's great. Um, but I don't know. Didn't he marry Alanis Morissette? A while Ryan back. Ryan Reynolds? I don't know if they were married, but back, they were right? together for a long time. I mean, he dated Alanis. He dated Scarlett Johansson. And who right? is he with now? Blake? Blake Lively. Blake, Blake, yeah, Blake. they got a couple kids. Couple? God damn. That dick. um so i guess how how long do you guys think until in the mainstream meta becomes trite do you think i mean i think it kind of did happen like i think that we were already there pretty much i mean 22 jump street i think people were like okay this went too far in this one i think it still works because ryan reynolds is great but uh what do you guys think? Is it is? I mean, I mean, I don't even like in Rick and Morty when they do the meta jokes. Those well, are like my least meta, favorite. What do you mean? Because you were pretty clear that like you wanted to make sure that in Cabin in the Woods there was a a difference between like like piss takes of yourself and then meta. So what do you what do you mean by meta here? Uh, yeah, good point. Um, all right. So I guess I mean just yeah, just incessantly breaking the fourth wall. Or I don't even like there are some jokes in this, like the whole dubstep joke. I don't even understand what that joke is. Like, do they still have dubstep? No, dubstep is for pussies, and then they start playing dubstep. Well, because they were saying that it was the the DC films, DC movies. The DC movies had dubstep in them. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah, Yeah, it was the first before the first time he fights Cable. I think that's when they they cued the dubstep thing because he made that comment. Yeah, I thought it was because dubstep. Is in the like in the future, Cable knows about dubstep and all the people that know about that listen to dubstep in the future are pussies. I love that's how I took it. I love that we got all different views. No, I remember the 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 DC movies, they did have dubstep in them. Uh, yeah, I thought that's what they were referring to. And then, and he literally says that, like, he he says he says that at one point. There's like, I, I don't remember if it was a voiceover or if he actually said it. Uh, in in like live time, um, yeah, but the fight scene when they were in prison. Yeah, he says something along the lines of like how you know DC used dubstep or something like that. 
So I kind of cringed at some of those DC Universe jokes. I mean, they were good, but man, that's fucking low blow. <laughs> Especially when we're talking about how it's so hard to be authentic these days, and it's so easy to just be cynical and break the fourth wall and like you know basically uh, do something and then apologize for doing it. Thereby, it's funny, and thereby you're protecting yourself from criticism and like you know me and matthew one of our other writers always talk about how like batman v superman man they tried to be profound and hats (laughs) off to them for that i mean was it a good movie no but at least they tried so when i so when i think about them just like fucking punching dc in the balls like that i'm just like oh guys man that's it's rough. No, you know? pe- people love shade, though, man. Like, people oh, love yeah. that love shit. So you know that people yeah. that were in there that have already – they've quickly either drawn the lines or they're interested to see. They're like, oh, shit, <laughs> you know? So. Yeah. It's one thing of making fun of yourself for trying to be sincere like he does with Green Lantern in both the first one and the second one. But making some making fun of someone else for being sincere and then, like, not even really trying yourself is – I mean, it's. I laughed. I liked it. But it's a low blow. You oh, know? total low blow. But yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys have any – so if you remember the production story about this movie, I believe was it before production or during production that the original director of Deadpool 1 left because of creative differences with Ryan Reynolds? Really? Does yeah. anybody – Ryan, do you know anything more about that, like what the nature of the creative differences were? Um, there's articles about it on the internet. I read them at the time. I can't remember. We should look it up though. But, uh, uh, but yeah, now that guy's making Terminator with James Cameron. So I think he got a, a better deal, you know, and Mm -hmm. then, and then also him and Ryan Reynolds, I guess weren't getting along. It had something to do with one person wanted a lot of comedy and not as much, or, 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 or. One team wanted it to be the same movie as kind of the The last movie, and then the other one wanted to kind of make it something more. I don't know who was who. I mean, given from the movie, I have to imagine the person who wanted to make it like the first one. I think that that is the answer. You're right. The more it's coming back to me. Now now I'm curious (laughs) to hear what the first guy wanted it. Yeah, the first too. director wanted yeah, it. Yeah, he's like. awesome. I love that dude. Oh, I wish they would have talked about that in a movie. Yeah, we want to talk some shit. Let's talk about that. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, if I mean maybe maybe I mean maybe it's the stuff that we were talking about with breaking the fifth wall, or was like you know Ryan Reynolds like no, that's the wall you can't break. I don't want to ruin my career. How can you have an artistic beef about Deadpool? Especially, yeah. <laughs> Just get your money and go yeah. home, dog. And especially after your first movie is so successful, you know, I was really, really I was pretty upset whenever that guy left because it's like, dude, you guys had a hit. Why? Why can't you make it work? What the fuck? I don't want you to show your dick in my movie. I don't think that however far they would have pushed it, I don't think it would have fallen flat because I feel like they had so much leeway and that they had stored up so much capital, uh, just yeah, kind of and like goodwill, cultural capital and goodwill. Yeah, I think that within, I think that they would have gotten away with so much more than they did. Oh man, they could have unicorns, fucking gorillas in this movie, <laughs> and people would love it. They played yeah. it meta safe. They would. They played it meta safe. They showed his dick. <laughs> we got a dick shot, man. <laughs> Which I think we need man, more dick shots in movies. Yeah, but you watch HBO, there's dicks flopping around everywhere. It was that, a it was a meta safe though. That's a big movie theaters. I yeah. don't see enough dick on uh in in movies. Um, <laughs> another piece of Deadpool uh I, 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 news or I, I read an article where Ryan Reynolds was talking about how hard it is to make the movies because basically. Uh, they have to tear him down to his core every single movie, you know. Like like in the first movie, he lost, you know, he had this huge burn uh, accident. And then this movie, he, you know, he lost his girl. And so he's saying that basically that's how he saw the character was that at the beginning of every movie, 
Something broken. had to be stripped away from him, and he had to be this broken guy. So, I, yeah, I'm going to be curious to see where they keep going from here. Hmm. You know, one of the, one of the also things I found interesting is, like, there were a couple times where you could tell that, like, so there are certain jokes, like the Thanos joke and the Jared Kushner joke, mm-hmm. which I think were probably just put in an ADR later. Okay. You know? I can see and, that. And, and they can you, make him say anything. Yeah, they can make him say anything. That's what happens when you're, you know, you're wearing a mask. You yeah, can yeah. just, like, go into the studio, and I think it's that's... It's the Tom Hardy effect. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> and I guess uh, that's probably why Ryan Reynolds has like an executive producer credit, or I'm guessing just because like he probably a lot of those jokes were his, you know, that okay. he either came up on the spot or like in editing or something wow. like that. Well, he's, he's he'd be an executive producer no matter what. I mean, he, yeah. he is the, the movie, the franchise, yeah. you know, like right? was he in the first movie in the was Ryan he Reynolds? An execu- was... No, was he an executive producer in the first movie? I'm sure he was. Oh, I yeah, know. I mean, because that project's been around for fucking forever. That's right, like because like he was it, attached it, to it, it had forever. A very story this was his production. baby. Yeah, this was his yeah. baby. So I mean, he's definitely a producer. Um, but whatever level, I, I don't know. How many of these do you think they're gonna make? Um, well, I think the big question isn't the big question if Deadpool is. What studio is this? Fox. So if Disney buys Fox, is that deal even still a maybe? I don't know. I don't remember. If that happens, then Marvel gets Deadpool. They get the Fantastic Four and they get X-Men. God damn. If that happens, then then Deadpool is just going to become part of the MCU. We're going to see him in the (laughs) Avengers movies. We're going to see the same thing with – and you know what? Can you imagine if if Disney buys Fox and then the way that they bring back all the characters from the end of Infinity War is Deadpool literally just hits rewind. (laughs) That would be amazing, actually. Yes, I could see that potentially <laughs> happening. <laughs> and Doctor Strange is like, it's the only way, right? Like, right, because he knows Deadpool, right? Somehow. Did you guys have any favorite other character? Like, what do you guys think of Russell, the fat kid? Oh, he was great. Oh, he was funny. But yeah. no, Domino, dude. Like, like the the. That's kind of what I was talking about before with the whole Three Stooges thing. Her her whole scene in the car crash with just she can do whatever she wants and she's always lucky. What a great character, for, especially <laughs> for this movie. Like, I, I love Domino. Nobody laughed. When I watched it in the theater, I saw it in the Vista. Nobody laughed at any of her parts. It was almost like, lucky. Yeah. That's, that's her shit, lucky? And it was just like everybody was just like... <laughs> Tense, but you know she's hot. She can do anything. She's yeah, exactly. Fucking smoking. That's that's the unfortunate thing. I almost feel like, and because, and, and I, because she had the gnarly push-up bra and she was banging hot, and I was kind of like, maybe that was their kind of way of sticking up their middle finger to some of the expectations, right? Where people are like, oh, can we have superhero women superheroes who aren't being objectified? And they were kind of like, yeah, we're still gonna have like a hot superhero who's objectified. But mm. I felt like her her shit fell flat. A lot too. Um, you, you didn't like the her in the car crash uh, in the car chase. <sighs> no, no, I didn't love it. That's the thing is, again, it was bland. Like I didn't hate it. I didn't think like she was terrible, but it just it just didn't seem to be like I could tell that they were trying to make jokes a lot of the time, and mm-hmm. and it just the joke. Uh, when you try to make board, the punchline, sometimes it doesn't come. You know, I, mean, I don't that, know. I thought that was the joke. I thought that was the joke of her getting away with everything, and also her being a black chick getting away with everything and being lucky. I thought that was the joke. It was a definitely underlying joke, uh, but I thought that was the whole joke. Did it work for <laughs> you? Like, did you think like beyond the oh, fact man. that she's hot? Did you think that she was funny <laughs> or whatever? 
oh, I don't think she's funny. Like, <laughs> <laughs> she mean, had she's jokes, not funny. Though. She had jokes, She's not though, funny right? in Atlanta. Yeah, I just think, I mean, she plays her character. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, she's the hot girl. You're just blinded by science, dude. You don't give a fuck I'm at sorry, this point. I'm sorry, but, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, once again, when a, when a movie like this has the kind of, uh, the frequency of jokes, like, and, and it's just, like, hitting you so fast, there becomes a point where you just become aware of it. And you're like, all right, they're going to they're gonna make me try and laugh here. It's coming. It's coming. Right, I know they're right. coming every three seconds. And then you just kind of become immune. Like, I, I, really? You know, at least I did. Like, if there were – I'm not saying that there should be, like, like no jokes. I'm just saying that, like, when you're setting up a rhythm, like, you know, if I go, da, 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 you can anticipate the next time I'm going to make that noise. Sure. But if I do it randomly – then I can catch you off guard. And so I'm just saying that, like, yeah, I'm sure Ryan Reynolds, you know, and, and all the team, like, they went back and they ADR'd and they polished the script so that there was something fucking hilarious going on every fucking second. Uh-huh. But I think that that can probably come and bite you in the ass, like, in, a, in an unexpected way. When I'm in – when I feel like I'm in good hands of someone that's going duh, 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 then I'm, I'm, I'm on board, you know, because I'm like, mm. wow, I didn't like – like I said before, I didn't like that joke. I'm going to like it in three seconds. And, yeah – like with Matt and uh, Trey Parker or whatever, like uh, they will switch it up. And I feel like they're random, you know, to a point where you know that you're going to get something awesome uh, uh, all the time. No, I'm with Ryan on that. I do think, uh, I, look, that writer's room, the the, the comics are the, just the, the funny writers that they have in there are killing it. I mean, because it's, they're coming. Boom, 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 boom. Even if they're shitty and kind of corny, like the whole, uh, he's right behind you. He's inside of you. You know, that far. I mean, they're still just going. They're, it's a punching bag. Yeah, I guess, you know, the so Greg and I are big fans of Chappelle's show. We talk about it a lot. But the thing about Chappelle's Chappelle show was legitimately subversive. Like, oh, yeah. it, it was not only that he was going to be telling a joke every couple seconds. It was, what is he going to say next? Yeah. You know, and, yeah. I, and I didn't really feel like that with Deadpool. I feel like... You know, Deadpool, you get the tools. You know yeah. the tools. The tools are breaking the fourth wall, being obscene, you know, being self-referential, making fun of yourself. And, yeah, once you understand that and get to the, the, the cadence, it's very easy to not laugh, you know. I agree. Or I can see that, at least. I But I laughed. Yeah. Well, Chappelle's show was trying to get canceled. You know, you got, like, guys that are like, hey, let's just see if we can get canceled. <laughs> it worked out. Let's go to the limit so we can get canceled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. I think that's going to wrap it up for today. So I want to thank everyone for joining us. Where can we find you guys on the Internet? Ryan. You can find me on YouTube. I make a game show in my garage where I invite strangers off Craigslist to come and compete in games and stuff for 20 bucks. It's called Ryan's Game Show. Check it out. I love you. Greg. Uh, You can catch me on Twitter, uh, Greg the Grouch, and also on Instagram, uh, Greg Comedy. Austin. Uh, yeah, hit me up on Twitter, Austin underscore Hayden. And just for y'all that want to know, Jared came on my other podcast this week and we talk about like doing philosophy for a popular audience and the death of God and all kinds of other stuff. It's called Owls at Dawn. So you can check yeah, that out on that iTunes. Out? Or, it'll be out tomorrow my Ooh. time or tomorrow. Dude. Well, it's because I'm in Australia, so I'm 17 hours ahead. So it'll be no, out like in the next 24 hours. I'll That's just a say renaissance that. for you guys. Yeah, usually you upload once every three months and you how many episodes this month. <laughs> I know, man. We're back on the groove. We're back on the groove. Cool. So yeah, awesome. you can check out if you don't that. have iTunes, you can check out the website. It's owls at dawn.com and you can stream and download our episodes there. Like the at sign or AT? AT. 
Oh, okay. He's, he's old school like that. Uh, <laughs> and you can uh, hit me up at on uh, Facebook, Instagram, at Father of Woody, or just hit me up at Wisecrack on Twitter. That's going to do it for today, guys. As always, thanks for listening. Peace. Goodbye from Hollywood, California. Laters. Peace.